took a week off, had some things going on, um, some things in our real real lives, not podcasting lives. And so, yeah, we took a week off. Uh, we should have a guest today. He has not shown up yet, but we are a little early. If he doesn't show, we're just going to keep this thing rolling, me and Kevin. And if he shows, we'll get him on. It's a Zoom call. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So, yeah. How you been? Oh, Good. wait. I guess for how you been, we can mention our sponsors. We'll just call this the intro. Yeah. Mountain Primal Meats, mountainprimal.com, promo code Mission Prep, all one word. Get you a discount. Get you some delicious meats. Get you. Get you, get you. Mountainprimal.com. Our next sponsor is adaptivetactical.com. Put in the code MP20 at checkout. They get you 20% off your order. They got a bunch of cool shit. Go check them out. AdaptiveTactical.com. So last night after we went and looked at your lights at your house, mm-hmm. Vivian's like, let's drive around and look at more. Like, okay. So we ended up having to be, we ended up going around that other side where it was a second pool. And Vivian, I mean, Grayson's in the back seat and they had both had their windows down. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're driving in like slow. And all of a sudden I see some dude walking his dog. And Hang on. Cliffhanger. That's how you keep the audience engaged. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> brilliant and boring. All right. No, no. I'm, just tell, I'm just telling you a story. No, have, you ever, have you ever listened to a podcast where when you first start it, they'll play a clip of what's going to be in the podcast? Have you heard that? Oh, There's a yeah, few of them yeah, doing yeah. that now, and then you hear that. Hey, our guest showed up. <laughs> so real quick, then my you kids you yell at the window, hi, to the guy walking, and it's fucking Gary. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, like I'm a creeper, like driving by his house. Oh. So our guest is, is that was actually perfect timing, I guess, for him to come on the call. So I will get him on, and we'll be back with him in a minute. Yeah, so, yeah, Cruz introduced us, which was awesome. Uh, how, how long have you known Cruz? I've known Cruz quite a while. I've been at the uh, pit for, oh, shoot, uh, 13, 14 years now. Okay. Wow. So I've been there a long time. So uh, I met Cruz uh you know, from the, uh, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, when he was running the other gym, I was down in the Aurora Grande gym. And then, uh, a few years ago we got to spend, you know, a lot of time in Hawaii when I got my first black belt and, uh, it, it was a lot of fun and we've become close ever since. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. Don't tell him I said that, but he's a good dude. <laughs> he really is. Well, well, so Sophie, she, she's the real one. That's, that's so. a fact. She, she, she runs the show. Everybody knows it. <laughs> he runs the show and they just got engaged. Yeah. I, I, I heard that, you know, it, I actually, I went off social media completely for this whole month just to kind of, as a test to myself, cause I don't, I don't think social media is good. I think it has good aspects to it, but I don't think it's good for for your brain to be sitting there looking at the best of everybody else's lives. So I decided to completely go off just for the month to see if it makes me feel different. And my wife had to tell me that they got engaged because they put it on social media. Yeah. And that was super cool. Super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for I hope we're invited. I know. I would hope so. I'll be butthurt for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had both them on here, and they're, they're good friends. Uh, Cruz was my coach as well. So it's kind of – I'm glad he connected us. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he's such a great guy. But the whole – whole mentality the pit mentality is just so good so positive so strong you know it's just it's just amazing and it's amazing the 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 friends and and people that i've connected with over the years Mm -hmm. Uh, just you know it's you have that common bond you know when you've been there done that and you you've just worked your ass off and you're just you're training super hard it's just it's it's a different kind of connection you make with people oh yeah yeah when you when you do hard things together that brings you that brings you together actually i wore my pit hat today because we were having you on all right <laughs> right uh yeah you know i i didn't do the the hawaiian kempo program but i i just did jujitsu there my oldest son was in their hawaiian kempo program the kids program and that was one of the best things we ever did was put him in that program and now he now he just does the kickboxing classes he's yeah. He, with COVID and everything, when they first had to close down and all that, he was out of it for a while, and then he didn't know if he wanted to go back. And now he goes two or three times a week and does the fitness kickboxing with Sophie coaching, and she kicks his ass every day, so it's good. You know, it's so great. I brought my son early on. I think he was about six 
or seven, something like that. And uh, he trained there for quite a long time. Then once he got into, you know, high school, he, he backed out to do high school sports, but now he's 19 and he's back into it with me. Oh, really? uh, It's, it's just amazing. Once they start, you know, there'll be a time that they kind of transition out for a little while and some stay all the way through, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, coming back, it's amazing. He's training with me. I, you know, I'm one of the instructors for level four class. So that our top class. And so we go through and I have him training with me and he's right up there with my top guys. That's cool. That's, that's, that's cool that he could have, he watched you do it. Now he's doing it. That's, I think that's important for kids to see their parents do, do cool stuff. I mean, and, and have success in things. That's really good for kids to see that. And hopefully it makes them want to succeed as well. Well, it was interesting. My son, you know, for a point in time, he didn't realize like what I did. Oh, what does dad do is cool. You know, no, I'm not. So he was off doing other things. Mm -hmm. And then he came full circle and said, okay, hey, I want to be part of the business. I want to be back at the pit. I want to do some of these things because he's seeing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat to have him back on every level to see him push as hard as he pushes in the business and at the pit. Uh, It's just remarkable. Uh, can you, I guess, tell us about a little bit, why did you get into martial arts? How'd you end up at the pit? All of that whole origin story. Cause I'm always curious when people go down certain paths in life, especially something like martial arts to where you've been in it long enough to be a black belt. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, years ago when I started, when I came out of uh, high school, I was really tiny. So I was 130 pounds. I was that kid with big, thick glasses. I was born legally blind and, um, I went over and got put, you know, just bullied terribly. And what was interesting about it, so I started lifting weights. I was going to get big, bad, and strong. So I lifted weights for a long time. Well, September 1st, 1993, everything changed. Mm -hmm. So that was the day that I had a car battery explode and I lost the use of my left eye. And so that was the better of the two eyes. Like I say, I was born legally blind. People don't know that because I'm the guy that I teach sparring. I will get in there and spar with the best of them. And, um, and I'm the guy with just one eye that, and my eye that's left them 20, 12, 50, heavy astigmatism. You're blind at 2,400 is when they can consider you legally blind. So I can be permanently disabled, but I wouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, so I actually started martial arts for rehab because my eye wouldn't focus. I had horrible vision. I couldn't see at night well. And a friend of mine brought me to his friend that was an instructor out of his garage. And that's when everything changed for me. Okay. And uh, so then we, uh, I did that for a few years. And then uh, once I moved up to Arroyo Grande, man, I, I dreamed about, you know, moving up to the Central Coast. And I knew the pit was there. I knew John Hackleman, Chuck Liddell, and I, I knew that this this is a spot I want to be in. Mm. And it was interesting. I wanted to, you know, I was starting Rugged Radios at the time. My wife and I, we found a house in the area up here. I uh, started moving up to the Central Coast. I, she came up with the name Rugged Radios for our business. And um, I'll never forget every day I would go by the pit and I would just look inside. You know, at first I was I was a little intimidated to go inside. Mm-hmm. I'm just this big, bad bodybuilder, but I was a little intimidated by it. <laughs> and uh, I would go inside and I, you know, I would stand at the window and watch everybody. Then just one day I just said, I walked in and I joined and I had some martial arts background experience and I'll never forget saying, okay, you start at the bottom. Okay, let's go. And that first day, I mean, I'm this 235 pound bodybuilder, big, giant, strong guy. And I'll never forget, we used to do a 45-minute workout, then 45 minutes of technique. Hmm. And I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> and it, it was, it was, I mean, I, and I from that day forward, I said, this is for me. Hmm. Little, little humility. And you know what? I just said, this is where I want to be. And I just didn't stop. And that what was so much fun is, man, I just I'm the type of guy. I push it hard. I push it real hard in everything that I do. When I was powerlifting, I was the, the strongest, the, the best I could be in, in business and in life. I just never turn off. So that day was a huge day for me at the pit. I mean, I can remember that day right now, what I was wearing. I remember everything about that day. 
And it was funny when we first started our warm up, we warm up for a little bit and then we had to do burpees and man, <laughs> oh man. And then we had to do Glover sprawls. I learned what a Glover sprawl was. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, I'm absolutely dying, but I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I took that day and I never stopped. And I just kept going and going and going. And for me, I didn't care about the belt. I didn't care. I mean, as far as yes, I cared about the belt, but this is the thing. I remember I told John and Adrian early on that I said, Hey, listen, if I earn something, give it to me. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how I want. I want to earn it. I'm going to work my ass off for it and we're going to go. So, you know, and it was funny, the belts kept coming and then I skipped a couple belts because I kept getting better and better and I was beating everybody and I went through and I, and it was interesting. So I never forget Adrian kept, you know, I would skip a couple belts and skip a couple belts and skip a couple belts. And, um, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I just, I, I knew that I worked hard for it and, and I knew that this was going to be a lifelong commitment. And it, you know, what's interesting is now, now I'm on my third degree black belt right now. And, um, it was interesting. John and I talk about this all the time. We talk about uh, the black belts that they get their black belt, then they're gone mm-hmm. and they don't come back. Oh, wow. You know, that that happens so much. And you know what? It's so hurtful to, man, it just makes, it makes you feel bad, you know, because, you know, I just don't understand it. So I just promote, I just worked with five black belts for the past year. I dedicated, I run a big company. <laughs> we'll get into rugged in a minute. But I run a really big company, mm-hmm. and but this is this uh, this last year I've been helping train. John and I have trained these five future black belts, um, and it's been four days a week, and it's an ass kicking all four days. Mm. So we went through and we trained these guys from November all the way up until a week ago, and four days a week. Now I missed three days. I missed three days out of those four days for an entire year. I put business, travel, everything aside because, uh, you know, I wanted these black belts to be special and not just not just achieve that belt, but I wanted to change their mindset and, you know, told them like, you know, listen, you're preparing for the future. What the tools that you learn right now are going to carry you in life. I promise you that if you do this, it'll completely change your life. If you dedicate, you work hard, and you learn how to dig deep. So when you're getting just beat down, you learn how to just rise to the occasion and go. It's not about fighting. You know, it's, yes, it's it's great. You learn how to uh, defend yourself. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things is, yes, you learn how to defend yourself. But you also learn how to not fight. Mm-hmm. And you also learn that confidence that, hey, I don't need to fight. We always say, put up our hands open. It's, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the thing is, is you don't want to fight. If you don't, if you don't have to, you don't want to, but if it comes to you and you have no other choice, you know how to defend yourself. Nobody's going to take your lunch money. That's what John Hackleman says all the time. Mm-hmm. But I wanted these guys to really uh, learn something and learn the tools in life because the principles that I've learned at the pit and learning how to push as hard as I do, I carry that every day in my life today. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I will train as hard as anybody. It's those future black belts. They had to keep up with me. And that's just what I do. And I will spar with them. I will train with them. I will do burpees with them. I will run. And I will just dig so deep. I might not be in quite as good a shape as them, but I'm still beating them. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm so determined. But those are the life lessons. And I talked to them for an entire year during this training and was teaching them and mentoring them to trust me, what this is going to do for you is you're going to remember this day and this belt. And the biggest thing is don't stop. Always do something. If you go away and you go to college, some of them are going to college. Well, you know what? Every day, think about that fitness level. Think about that martial arts training and go do something, do burpees, do blackjack, do, do something and go. And it's amazing. These five guys, Man, we're a week out and they're already calling me and saying, I can't wait to get back. Mm. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready to go. Can't wait to get back. And uh, it was it was pretty special to me that uh, these guys really, um, they listened. 
And um, I can't wait to see what they do in the next 20 years because mm-hmm. they're going to do some great things. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Sophie. Sophie just got her her black belt as well, right? She did. She yeah. did. Yeah. So congratulations to her if she's listening. Yeah. No, you're, but you're right. It's very. It's a very big. It's an interpersonal journey if you're doing it that way, you know. And it's and they're not just showing up and they're really putting the effort in. And regardless, and I feel like it's weird. Yeah, people just do that and then they leave. It's like maybe they didn't. Maybe they weren't tested or didn't struggle enough in that journey if they're going to leave something right after achieving something, right? Like, you know, you know, some people just want the status of the belt, right? That's, that's, that's all they wanted is they want the status of the belt. And, um, you know, that, that's too bad. I, I didn't, I never took it as a status of a belt. I took it as a life lesson. I took it as a learning experience. I took it as something that, that taught me invaluable tools for my future. But you're not yeah. a you're not a millennial though. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials are all about the aesthetics. Like I oh, want, man, is, you know, is it great? But you know what's funny is having the, a few millennials in this class, and and teaching them and breaking that. You know, um, yeah. hey, everything changes when you get hit in the face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that that's coming from two millennials sitting here talking to you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's just like, I think it's just a big theme. I don't know if it's from, probably a lot of it's just been because the movies you grew up with. It's always about, I'm this, I'm that. Like, oh, I want that. You know, it's like, well, you got to work your ass off to get there and earn that, motherfucker. Like, you, no one's going to give that to you. You know, like, everybody wants to be a lawyer. Everyone wants to be a doctor. Everyone wants to be a Green Beret. It's like, well, you got to fucking earn it to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe that's just part of it, the culture of these, a lot of people, but. No, it's cool that you can really get through and reach to people to get them to have that mentality. Like, hey, this is a stepping stone. You know, this isn't the end of black belt isn't the end all be all. It's not everything. It's a part of me as a human and an individual. You know, that's part of my character, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, that's why I lead by example. That, uh, man, I don't sleep much. I run a big company. I train full time at the pit. I teach classes. And I, you know, I still make time for family and it, it's a hard schedule. Mm-hmm. It's a hard schedule, but you know what? It's funny. That hard schedule is a lot easier than the beatings I've taken. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the workouts that have just been, oh my gosh, that you're just at the end, you're just exhausted and you're done. And you, and for me, that's when I feel my best, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's why when you got to dig deep in, in work and, and I see so many people today that, um, just you, like you said, they don't know how to dig deep. They just want everything handed to them, and uh, it's 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 really sad the world we're in right now. You know, it, it's it's a really sad situation. Or or I don't want to work. I just want to get government checks, and I don't want to work, and I don't want to work hard. Oh, or, or I deserve this. Mm-hmm. You know, man, you don't deserve anything. Work hard for it. You yeah. know, just work hard, and and that mentality is lost. Yeah. And there's no accountability. As soon as I hear someone say that, I'm like, man, I want to go meet your father. If you have one, you know, call mm-hmm. that motherfucker out. Cause <laughs> something, something got lost in translation on you growing up. <laughs> like, you know, and if, and if people don't, you know, it sucks. That's sad too. You know, but if you have both parents around and you're that, that's your mentality, you know, something went horribly wrong for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like we were talking about with your son seeing what you've done, I think mm-hmm. that's important for just your students in general. They see a guy who's 52 years old who's still getting after it, and you're still going. You you, you said you're on your fourth degree black belt. I mean, My third. oh third, okay, third degree black belt. You're still still going. You're not stopping. And I think younger people are going to see a 52 year old guy who's in there kicking ass and staying in good shape, and that's going to motivate them. Like you said, you're setting an example, and they're going to want to follow that. And that's I think that's important. People need motivation and they need people like you to look at and be like, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to keep going when I'm in my fifties. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing. It's, um, you know, like I say, the generation that we have today and the work ethic that we have today in our world, which just is crap. And, um, man, I mean, I just, I, I encourage every one of my employees to come and, uh, I, I encourage every one of my employees and some of them do. I mean, what's pretty great is here. I have, our uh, our uh, pit teacher, or the head teacher, Adrian, and he's also a black belt in jujitsu. He works for me. Uh, Tanner's a black belt. That's John Halcom and stepson. He works for me. Uh, Randy, I just promoted him as a black belt. Um, my son. I mean, I I got a bunch of guys that come and train. Medell, 
I got Medellin. He's uh, he's uh, the shipping manager, and he was almost 500 pounds, mm. and um, he's probably lost just over 100 pounds already. I got him in it. I we got him in the belt program class, and it's changing his life. And uh, I'll never forget sitting down with him that day and said, "You're killing yourself. You're not going to live very long." Mm. And he's got two young kids, a wife, and his wife works for me. And I just said, today's the day. Today's the day that you change. Today's the day that your life, you're never going to look back and you're going to go for it. And man, it's it's amazing the man he was. He was failing in life and now he's completely winning in life. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing. And, you know, I love to teach that mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm hard on people. I got to admit it. You know, because you got to keep up with my pace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very few that can keep up with me. Yeah. Very few. And I don't care how tired I am. I come home and man, I'm just worked. And my son says, let's work out, dad. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and we're going to lift heavy. We're going to work hard. We're going to throw a bunch of weight in the wheelbarrow and go run it up the hill. You know, we're, we're going to do something. Then the days we're going to go to the pit and we're going to put the gloves on. We're going to spar. Mm-hmm. And my son's getting good. At home, yeah. man. He's, uh, he, he's just kicking ass. Yeah. Well, that's he's, a good uh, feeling, too, to see your son having some success. That's I see that with my son. He's 13 years old and he's the size of a grown man. He's a he's a big kid as tall as I am and to watch him in this class with a bunch of adults where and it's, it's just a fitness kickboxing class, but you know how pit fitness kickboxing yeah. classes are yeah. and he's in there and he is just going and going and going. he's 13 years old. I wish when I was his age, my parents would have pushed me to do something like that because they didn't. And I had no motivation to do anything until I was older and yeah. he's 13 years old. And now I've seen, cause it was in the beginning, it was us pushing him to go do it. Now, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he's he's signing up for the class on his phone. He's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. We don't have to tell him. And he goes yeah. in there and he just kicks ass. And we have to bring an extra towel before he gets in the car because he's drenched, you know. And <laughs> yep. it's really cool to see your children pushing themselves. And, and sometimes it takes a guy like yourself to push somebody like your employee you were talking about. It took you to sit down and have that conversation with him to wake him up and get him on, on a path that's going to be more healthy for him. And, well, and that's, that's, you know, one problem with our world today is where they've put the employer in things. Mm-hmm. Generally employer can't say anything. Mm-hmm. You can't tell your employees anything. You can't say anything anymore. You know, these regulations and everybody gets their feelings hurt. Oh my God, my feelings got hurt. <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm not a, I'm not a feelings kind of guy. I'm going to lay it out straight out and I'm going to be forward and I'm going to address it. And Medell, what would have happened if, you know, if I didn't say anything, Mm -hmm. to be honest, he'd probably be dead by now. Mm. And uh, I mean, he would, he was, you know, type two diabetic. Uh, He wasn't feeling his hands or his feet. Um, I mean, it was just bad. It, It was bad. And I just said, screw the rules, screw the regulations. I'm going to lay it on the line and I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to scream at you. I'm going to just somehow get you to listen because I'm not going to stop and just see you destroy yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I took the chance and go. And, you know, some of the employees don't like it when I'm forward, but you know what? I really don't care. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between what you did there and then just being an asshole. You're, yeah. You might be hard on somebody from the sounds of it, but you're not doing it to make them feel less than. You're doing it so he can feel better than he was feeling. You're you're looking yeah. out for the person. You know what I always say? I have a saying when I do my I do little posts, the social media videos, things like that. I say, be better today than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the whole thing. Push yourself to be better. Be better in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in in work in family and fitness and health and everything. I, I went to the doctors a, l- a little while back and I went, got a new doctor. Um, anyways, they uh, went through all the tests and, and everything because I always want to make sure just I'm healthy. My dad has, you know, multiple heart attacks, super high cholesterol. And, um, I went through the doctor says, Hey, well, we, we got to come in and you know, we got to talk. And I said, okay, I had CT scan of my heart and everything done. And I'm like, well, okay, well, what's wrong? He said, well, I've never seen this before. And I said, okay, well, your, your plaque level is a zero. I'm like, okay, good. And she says, well, but I've never seen it. 
No. She says, there's no soft level plaque. You have nothing in your arteries. And I said, well, it's the reason why I push myself as hard as I do. Mm-hmm. You've been taking care of yourself. And I, and I tell everybody that, Hey, do I have a perfect diet? No. Um, you know, I like to have some whiskey from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's healthy. That's good for you. Yeah. I got a good whiskey collection. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but this is the thing it's all about, man, you just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. And you, you gotta, you gotta dig and go. And like my son, so my son is a type one diabetic. He was diagnosed at six. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about type one diabetes, it fucking sucks. Okay. It, it's a lifelong battle. That is a relentless battle that will never give up. Okay. That you, you know, and the thing that I love is, so he's 19 now uh, trains at the pit, 235 pounds, six foot tall. And he's just kicking ass with the best of them. And not one day, not one day has he ever said, why me? Mm. Not one. Yeah. And it sucks. It's, you know, we have a pump, we have a CGM, we have everything. And, but it's funny. He's got to change. He has to to wear two sites and you got to change sites and he'll have a pump issue. Never gets frustrated about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never, never is tired of it. And we used to go to diabetes camp and we would see all the teenagers that, I mean, that go the wrong direction because you can go the wrong direction and hurt yourself very quickly. Organ damage. There's a lot of bad that can come out of type one diabetes. It just sucks. And uh, never once has he said, why me? Never once has he said, I'm just tired of this. Mm-hmm. He just does it. And man, I'm thankful for that. And, you know, and the thing is this, I was never hard on him about the diabetes. I let him go his own path, but I decided early on, I'm going to push myself so hard. I'm going to let him see that. And hopefully he absorbs some of that and runs his life the same way. Mm. And then sometimes that's all you can, can do. And I think that's a good approach for being a parent is like you said earlier, setting that example. Because most of the time, I'm sure, as you know, being a parent, you tell your kids one thing, they're going to do the polar opposite. That's usually how it goes. But if they see you doing it, hopefully they'll follow suit. And it doesn't always go that way, but hopefully. Absolutely. And you know what? That's why, man, I love the pit. Uh, I tell everyone, look up the uh, pit MMA you know, dot TV, it's just look it up. And if there's a pit in your area, go to it because the core values, you know, the one thing that John, uh, you know, I tell everybody about this and some people are mentally weak. uh, A lot are very strong, but I said, you know, sometimes when then people think that John is being hard on them about something, I say, you know what? I said, you got to look at this. The one value, the only thing that John wants is for you to be your best. That's it. He wants you to be in the best shape of your life, the best health of your life, uh, the, to push the hardest you've ever pushed. He he just wants you to be your best. That's it. What a basic concept. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing more to it. Yeah. He just wants you to, to be the best in every level. And he wants to push you that hard. That's it. That's everything that it's about. And uh, th- that's what, uh, you know, I tell people that all the time, you know, it's just, uh, that he just wants you to be your best and, uh, he'll get on me about something or say, Oh man, he's, he's sucking wind. I'll never forget. We were running Madonna Hill the other day and my cell phone was on. He called me and all the black belts were going to take off and my phone didn't turn off. He's like, man, Greg's sucking wind. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I went through, I said, okay. And I turned it on and I ran to the top of Madonna. I did it in 23 minutes. And, um, he went over and I said, and, and I said, Hey, John, my time to the top was 23. And he said, what you went that fast. Oh yeah. And I said, when you, when I heard you said I was sucking wind, I found another gear. <laughs> little, little, little fire under your ass there. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's get into rugged radios. Cause oh, yeah, I, I actually cruise made me aware of it. And then I looked into it and I realized you do run a pretty big company. <laughs> So let's give us the spiel. How'd you start it? What do you guys do? All that good stuff. So Rugged Radio's uh, uh, thumbnail of it, high noise environment communications. If you got to talk in loud noise, that's what we do. If you watch NASCAR, all the headsets that everybody wears, 
the pit crew, uh, all the in-car communications, we're the manufacturer of all of it. Uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, off-road racing is a big deal for us because I grew up off-road racing. Uh, fire trucks, police officer earpieces, two-way radios, walkie-talkies, overlanding, the list goes on. It's a, it's amazing. Um, and how I started Rugged Radios, Rugged Radio started in my garage. Um, it was interesting. My uh, parents and I had a business before this. Um, a communication business that we just built accessories. Uh, we were a large aviation headset manufacturer. I loved off-road racing. I branched into off-road. My dad and I got to the point that we couldn't uh, couldn't get along anymore. We were like American chopper fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and it got to the point we sold off the business. I walked away with nothing. Walked away with my dad telling me, you're never going to make it. You never went to college. You barely graduated high school. You're never going to make it. Okay. Okay, I'm never going to make it. Fine. Hmm. And I moved up to uh, Aurora Grande, California, which is Pismo Beach. Uh, my wife, uh, I wanted to start a business manufacturing two-way radios, uh, little handheld walkie-talkies, and uh, selling accessories. And uh, my wife came up with the name Rugged Radios on our drive while we were moving up. And I'll never forget the first day. I found a factory. Um, I started producing product. I had a pallet of radios arrive in my garage. Uh, Uline dropped off some popcorn, peanuts, and uh, boxes, and I looked at her and I said, "Okay, we're in business." <laughs> <laughs> what, what year was that? Uh, let's see, that was 16 years ago, almost 17 years ago. Okay. And uh, it was interesting. Um, she was a little worried <laughs> because we didn't have anything. I walked away with nothing. We didn't have anything. I, I bought my house, and and she was a little worried. Like, what are we going to do? I said, "Don't worry." Don't worry. I got this. Let's go. From day one, I made a profit from day one, but I had to dig deep and I had to make hundreds of phone calls, anybody and everybody that I could sell a product to. If I thought of a new idea, I manufactured a new product. Well, I quickly grew out of my garage, went into my first building, um, you know, had a couple employees and tell you what, there's a lot of ups and downs. And I, and I tell people the story about, you know, people think that, oh, I was just given everything. I wasn't given anything. I wasn't given $1 from anybody. Mm. And in fact, my first check on the first order that I took, the very first order, I have that check in my in my box over here. I have that check, but the first check bounced. Mm. And man, my first order, my first check was like 500 bucks and it bounced on me. Oh. And that was devastating. So I had to do something to make up that money. And man, there was days that it was slim. There was days that I loaded up my little red Ford Ranger pickup and I drove around on the central coast with business cards and flyers, anybody and everybody that I could hawk a product to just, oh man, I would dig deep every hotel, every, you know, in agriculture, any place I could sell a radio, a headset or whatever. I just tried to do everything I could to sell. And, um, man, I've been digging deep for 16 years. <laughs> Well, and, uh, and, like and you know, paying off. you know, rugged has grown to a large company and we're worldwide. We ship all over the world. I employ almost 50 people here in Rio Grande, just built a brand new complex, a big three acre complex. When you come to uh, a Rio Grande, we got this bitch and old style building that's complete retro uh, on them. Um, and we've got our fab shops. I've got a full garage. I've got a car museum. Most of all, I'm building a taco and coffee shop. There you so go. So we're going to have tacos and coffee soon. I might have to make a trip over there just for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be crazy. But but you know what? The thing is this is I'm here every day. Mm -hmm. I work hard. I show my employees I'm willing to work hard. I'm not the guy that had you know some level of success and I'm out playing. Yeah, I build cars. I build some really cool cars. I have a television show called Destination Polaris, and I build these really bitching cars um, out of Polaris razors. And, uh, so I have a television show doing that and, uh, I like to have fun. I have, I have fun with my cars and Baja, you know, cars, Baja race cars, stuff like that. But I'm here all the time working and I'll show, I show my employees that, Hey, this morning we just started our, uh, black Friday specials. So we had hundreds and hundreds of orders come in at right first thing this morning. I'm back sorting orders myself. I'm running them to the back. I'm helping ship orders and I'm going for it. And everybody's like the owner of the company and I'm just running around like mad. And then I'm like, I got to go do this podcast. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that I hope that uh, 
they see that I'm willing to work as hard or harder than anybody here. Mm-hmm. So you got to lead by example. If you're a business owner, my friend told me a while back, a good friend of mine said, hey, just, uh, um, he said, well, just hire managers. You know, let's go out and play, hire managers. Man, I wish I could. <laughs> I mean, I have managers here. I've got a great staff. I've got, I've got almost 50 people that are dedicated to this business. And you don't find that often. Mm-hmm. But I think one reason why I got 50 people so dedicated is because I'm so dedicated. You know, I'm willing to go for it, you know, and like we talk about it, you know, I talk about people with business and pit and martial arts training. That's why, that's why that martial arts training is so critical. It teaches you how to be dedicated. It teaches you how to work hard and be part of something. And you're working with all these different people. And it teaches you, you never know when that guy's going to hand you your ass that day. You never know when that kid is just going to whoop you when you're off your game and he's going to hand it to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but those, those life lessons go right into business. They go, they, they are truly life lessons in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, what's exciting. So, so man, rugged, it's just, it's grown into something big. And of course we're really big into off-road racing. So if you look up the Baja 1000, we do that. I race a car called a class 11. That's stock boats wagon. That's mm. the, that is the toughest class in Baja. And I only do it once in a while. I do it because my dad did it back in the seventies. But, um, this is the thing that I love more than anything. It's not about me racing. I love to go out and help people. Mm. Like I go to an event, go to events, like I'm going to an event soon and I'm going to be out working on cars for people. And they'll be like, I'll be out working on a car and somebody will say that doesn't recognize me. They'll say, hey, so what do you do for the company? And I'll say, well, I'm the owner. What? <laughs> you're the owner and you're replacing an antenna on my car or doing something? Yeah, I like doing this stuff. Mm. Keeps me connected with everybody. And, and it just, I love helping people. And that's different in this world today. People don't do that. I tell business owners, get involved. Get involved with your business. I mean, you might think you're involved with your business, but get involved. Right. Yeah. Because most business owners aren't. I can name, I can tell you most of my friends, they're not involved in their businesses. They're not understanding what it's all about. They're not understanding their customer or they've hired people to hire somebody in marketing. Well, this is the thing. I'm the best salesman. I'm the best technician. I design all of our products. Um, I'm great in shipping. I'm great with inventory. I'm great with marketing. And so I'm involved. I don't micromanage. I let people manage, but I'm the biggest resource. A lot of owners are the biggest detriment. Mm. I, I agree. And I mean, not just owners, you get supervisors in some places that they're so out of touch with what's really going on in that business. Someone like yourself who you're involved in every aspect of it, you're not going to be out of touch. You know what's going on. So you know what those employees are going to need to get a job done. Well, you know, it's interesting when you bring up supervisors, sometimes I have supervisors just don't listen. You have a manager that just doesn't listen. And you, you go up because, because a manager will go, go ask him, but Hey, how's it going? Well, fine. People don't want to tell you anything. The first answer is I'm okay. When you go into the hardware store and every one of those employees, can I help you find something? Can I help you find something? What's your first reaction? No, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't need directions. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what everybody does. I dig a little deeper with everybody. So, so tell me, how's your computer? How's the speed? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little slow. How is it downloading orders? What's happening? And all of a sudden, the floodgates open to this problem, that problem, the internet's slow. This is happening. That's happening. And then I go into complete fix mode. Mm-hmm. And okay. And what's amazing is all of a sudden they're like, wow, these issues and everything that I was having, you know, they were too afraid to say anything. Now they're done. They're solved. And, uh, and um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's amazing. Hold on a second. One thing. Hey, John, how you doing? <laughs> okay. C- can I call you back in a few minutes? I'm going to be, uh, I'm on a podcast right now, but I got you covered tonight. Okay. That was John Hackleman himself. A guest appearance on the podcast, I yeah. guess. Sorry about that. What he calls, I always think. Oh, no, that's, that's completely fine. You know, he I've, th- I've thought about that on our end because I'll get phone calls as we're recording, whether we have a guest in person or Zoom. And I'm like, 
I should just start answering it on here and let them join join the damn <laughs> like, podcast. Hey, Why up? not make it uh, fun? Well, I thought this one was appropriate because uh, John asked me. He says, "Hey, I got to keep it quick. I need you to cover it tonight." Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it's our first. It's our first night back from uh, uh, our week off from after belt testing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I got him covered. Yeah, yeah. You know, he loves the fact that I'm just. Uh, you know, we're we're on that level. I I know if I ever called him up and I needed something, hey John, I need help. He would be there for me in a second. Mm. Um, and that's why, and, and you know, for me, it's being there for him, but it's being there for every one of our students. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I get excited about that because, uh, dude, I'm going to go teach him something tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, man, the man teaching somebody something. And then also you learn while you're teaching, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm learning every single second. So you know, it's, it's, it's really cool that I love the fact that he trusts me enough to handle things for him. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's awesome. No, you're right before on that. The point we were on was, uh, yeah, it's like managers and everybody else, their egos kind of get in their own way of them helping the individual and in turn helping the business. Like they realize that you may be managing something, but you're actually a detriment to the business by not really being involved, not really being there. You know what? Sometimes people only see what's right in front of them. Yeah. And, or it's your daily routine. You're just, you do the same thing. You come in, you answer the phone, you do your steps, you get your cup of coffee and that's how you go. Yeah. It's complacent. And I just can't do that. I'm aware of everything. It drives everybody crazy because (laughs) I walk in and I can see anything out of place. And, um, but I'm always listening and hearing we have this met I'm up on top of this mess mezzanine, my office. So this, if you ever come out to rugged, we built this bitch and open platform business to where you can see all the way through the building. You can see tech sales, look into shipping marketing, but this is the thing I've made it this way to where everybody's connected. Most of all, I'm connected with the company. So I'm hearing stuff go on and I can listen. All of a sudden I come out of my office and I'm told, this is what you need to do to fix it. Mm. And they're like looking at what he's listening, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's the thing, you know what, as a business owner, um, yeah, you, stay connected. If you want to know how to grow your business, you want to know how to fix your business. You want to know how to, you know, any part of, if your business isn't doing well right now and you want to know how to make it better, get connected. Mm. That That's the one thing I could tell you more than anything is Stay connected. Stay connected with your managers. Stay connected with the people. You ever watch Undercover Boss? Mm-hmm. Do you notice that almost every single time it's because the bosses aren't connected with the lower level people? Oh, yeah, nobody even knows who they are most of the time. Yeah. 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 And and then obviously it's this big magical thing that, oh man, they, they get connected. They find out the real story of what's happening and they turn things around. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. I love that program because I learn so much. But it also reinforces to be connected with everybody, be connected with your business. Yeah. That's look at what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. Look at the problems other businesses have. And you know what? Every business has issues. You know, business isn't easy. What, why is it that 80% of all businesses fail? You know, it's it's majority of the time. So early on, so we grew, I grew up in a motorcycle shop. My parents had a little motorcycle business called Kavina Kawasaki. And we were a 25 year Kawasaki dealer. And you know what, as a little kid growing up, I saw, we, you know, we were very successful in that business, but I saw other dealerships, the, um, the owners would take off and travel and have fun, weren't connected with their business and they'd be really high for a while. Then they would start failing. Mm. And I learned that lesson early on early on. And uh, that's why I always stayed connected in everything that I'm doing, you know, and yeah, I want to go out and do a few things and have a little fun, but I'm not a vacation kind of guy. You know, I know it drives my wife a little crazy, (laughs) but uh, you know, this week off, we had a week off of the pit. Mm -hmm. I spent the week off with my son. We, yes, we had to work each day, but every day after work and on the weekends, we worked out. Mm. And we had the hardest workout week I've had in a long time. And I said, let's just push it hard. But, we're, you know, and it, but this is supposed to be a week off of rest. Well, we'll rest later. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. It's, t- it's like task and purpose oriented. Like, hey, vacation can be kind of nice, but you know, you get a day or two into it, like, okay, we got to get some shit done. You know, like you got to do something. It's, you know? impo- it's important to be able to recharge a little bit, but yeah, yeah, you can only relax so much, especially if well, you're you trying to grow something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely as a business owner, that recharge, find that thing that recharges you, mm-hmm. find find that area that does recharge and you do need some balance, but stay connected. Yeah. If you feel disconnected, then guess what? That recharge you're doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Your recharge should focus you and you'd be more comeback focused and more productive than ever. Absolutely. And uh, if it doesn't, if you're still losing grip of your business, hey, you need to take a step back and take a look at yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, because you got to be the leader of the ship. I agree. You, you, you got you got to be the leader. You got to be the guy. You got to be the the quarterback that is just running with it. And you got to be able to pass that ball to the person, have them catch it, and have them sprint all the way to the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you got to be that leader. You know, and you've got to be able to teach others to be leaders. You know, I you know I tell everybody be a leader, not a follower. Hey, in this world, we do need followers. I, yeah, but you know what? We also need strong leaders. Mm. We need people that sometimes, like my management staff, I, I teach everybody to be leaders. And if you got to make decisions, tell me after. Okay, right. make a decision. I entrust in people to make decisions and tell me after what you did. Okay, sometimes they're wrong. And if you're wrong, you made a decision. We'll, we'll discuss it, but we'll use it as a learning curve. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got to train leaders. Yeah. You know, you, you got to, and that's like the pit. That's why I go back to the pit. I hope I'm training leaders there. You know, I'm, I'm teaching people to be mentally and physically strong. Mentally and physically strong people will be leaders. They will be. Yeah. And, you know, so so be a leader, not a follower. You know, in, in this day and age where, God, everybody wants you to be a follower. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Our government and everything else is so screwed up. I don't want to get real political with stuff. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, because it's just politics is just crazy right now. Yeah. I just don't even watch the TV. I, I don't I don't watch news. I haven't watched news in two years. Yeah. I haven't because I can't stand it. You know, I can't. And social media, you talk about being off for a month. Mm-hmm. Man, the crap that's in social media and the bias and the, the you know, the things that are eliminated from social media. And oh, it's just we're in a crazy world. So you know what? Focus on yourself. Focus yeah. on the job that you have at hand that's right in front of you. If you're a business owner, focus on your business and focus on your employees. Yeah. It's okay to push your employees. It's okay to push them hard. Okay. It's 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 okay to push your employees to be their best. And I gotta tell you, if they don't want to push hard and they don't want to be their best, then maybe they're not right for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to find another one that is. I've found a unique ability to find quite a few people that want to push hard. Hey, some don't, some don't, but you know what? The ones that do, when they leave my company, they're going to go off and do some great things. I think that's that's a perfect place to wrap it up right there. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Inspirational. Uh, I was going to say, if you want to, for our listeners, tell everybody where they can find everything you guys are doing at rugged and everything you're doing. Absolutely. Well, ruggedradios.com is our website. We're all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Rugged Radios, uh, everything I'm doing. um, You know, I'm on uh, Instagram. It's Rugged One or uh, Greg Cottrell on Facebook. And this is a thing. I do a lot of inspirational things. So it's not just about me. I'm inspiring others. And uh, man, I do a ton of fundraising. So take a look at my fundraisers. I'll just bring that up for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of cancer fundraising. Uh, Man, this year I've given away, I don't know, $175,000. It it just, we do a lot of fundraising. I've raised money. I just did Mission Hope uh, Cancer Center, raised 47,000 in 21 minutes. It was an all time record. Awesome. And uh, it, it was awesome. So take a look, watch what I do. Um, and those were the pink radios, wasn't it? That was the pink yeah, radio. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And uh, man, we just we did a Cancer Society of Havasu raised a ton of money. Um, uh, man, I, I can't even go over the list of just how much how much money we've done. I think that yeah, it, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. But and every year I want to do it bigger, better. But, uh, but yeah, check us out. Go online, check us out, follow us. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> you're good. Uh, yeah. It's almost yeah. like you're trying to run a business or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but follow us. And you know what? I just hope I inspire the next person to go for it. You know, that, that, that's it. Uh, I have people message me all the time. You know, I had a, I had a, a friend that uh, he said my saying, be better today than you were yesterday in his post the other day. Mm. And gosh, I got to tell you, that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. That yeah. meant that I, that I, you know, I affected his life in a positive way and I hope I do it to the next. So also go to the pit, uh, yes. the pit, dot, uh, the pit, MMA.tv. Go to the pit, read about it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. If there's a pit in your area, uh, Idaho, of course, Idaho, Aurora Grande, California, uh, Arizona, Malibu. There's a few others. Utah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Utah. And this is the whole thing. If, if follow their, go to their online classes, John has an amazing online program, okay? And just go there, listen to it. I encourage you to, I guarantee it'll make your life better. So please do that, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the Pit TV. it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say enough about it. And uh, hey, and thank you guys. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Well, because, yeah. um, thank you. you. Know, <laughs> no, thank you, you for being guys, you. You know, you guys are supporting, you're doing more than just, having a podcast mm. um you're supporting businesses you're supporting people um this is how we all grow as a community because you know what in this day and age of getting to know people you're giving people another avenue on how to get to know somebody else and and inspire shoot if i inspire one person guys you did your job yeah, yeah. you did something great so all it takes is one mm-hmm. all it takes is one inspired one person man this podcast knocked it out of the park well and so i appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to do this and i feel like we could keep talking to you for a couple more hours but i yeah. told i told you an hour and i know you got a lot to do so that's why, why hey, no problem anytime any, anytime you want to call you want to have a podcast Hell yeah. I'm, I'm open for it and uh yeah and when you're in a Rio grande california come out and visit uh tacos are going to be open uh it's going to be called taco tacos and coffee only it's going to be open in a couple months, and I'm bringing my favorite tacos from Mexico uh, up here to Aurora Grande, and it's going to be amazing. Awesome. All right, man. Oh, yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks for doing this, and we'll keep in touch. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'll see you. We'll talk All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. You too.